Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of Something About Sports right here on Movement Radio. I'm Talon Williams. I'm Chip Hazard. I'm Roger Sierra. And welcome to part two of our 20 biggest sports scandals. Um, we had a pretty cool uh, uh, list last time. Uh, we have uh, we had a lot of great feedback from the last episode. And uh, this week, you know, we got five more uh, sports scandals you guys might know about, might not know about. Um so let's not waste any time. Let's just jump straight into it. Which one of you guys want to kick us off tonight? I, I believe it's your turn, actually. Oh, okay, yeah. cool. I'll do it. All right. <clears throat> so the next one we're going to talk about is Rosie Ruiz. Sorry if it says, sorry, the picture of the blur because it's actually a picture. Um, you can't quite see all the detail. Ironically, the mirrors uh, Rosie Marie's Boston Marathon in 1980. At first, she was the clear victor. And not by a little amount either. Uh, yet later witnesses and different testimonies and finally her admittance clarified that she had in fact not ran the course and instead taken a gigantic shortcut to finish the race. Though this obviously wasn't a big sporting event comparable to others like the Super Bowl, NBA Finals, the Masters, whatever, in many ways it still shocked the sporting world that this could have gone unseen and that it wasn't that hard for her to do. Um, do you guys remember? Uh, Go ahead. I actually would say that the Boston Marathon is a pretty big sporting event. Yeah. I would uh, say so too. Yeah. I'm just reading thousand the people. <laughs> I'm just reading the blurb. Don't kill the messenger. Yeah. I'm just saying. No, 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 no. I'm just saying. <laughs> I, 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 I would, I would say that the, the Boston Marathon is a pretty big thing. Right. I mean, uh, Boston Marathon, New York Marathon, like, I mean, it's a big deal every single year. Like, thousands, like what Roger said, thousands of people train every year to do the marathon. Um, but, I mean, considering back that it was 1980 and the fact that they figured it out back in 1980, like, somebody trying to do it in today with all the technology and social media and cameras all over the place, no. Like, you would have been snuffed out way before you even started to cheat at that point. What do you guys think about it? Uh, well, I mean, anytime you cheat at a race, that's... <laughs> mm. Right. Not only what's, cheat, but get caught. Yeah. Right. So, what's ironic is, um, so prior to the Boston Marathon, she actually lied her way into the New York City Marathon, um... According to Wikipedia, it says that her application for the NYC Marathon arrived after the cutoff date for the race, but she re received special dispensation from the New York uh, Roadrunners due to her claim that she was dying of brain cancer. Oh my god. I did not know that. Uh... Yep. Uh, uh, I mean, <laughs> I mean, she she was a, 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 a habitual liar. Uh, so in 1982, she was arrested for embezzling sixty thousand dollars from a real estate company where she worked. She she spent a week in jail and was sentenced to five years probation. She then moved to uh, South Florida where she was arrested again in '83 for her involvement in a cocaine deal, and she was sentenced to three years probation for that. Uh, in 84, she married um, uh, Icario Vivez, 
divorcing in 86 but keeping his name uh and in 93 she was working at west palm beach as a client representative for a medical laboratory as of 2000 she still maintained that she ran the entire 1980 boston marathon however an acquaintance steve Marek, said that she admitted to him a few months after the race that she had cheated recalling that she jumped out of the crowd not knowing that the first woman hadn't gone by yet believe me she was as shocked as anyone when she came in first uh now she she did pass away at july of 2019 from cancer well i guess she didn't lie about that uh i mean but if she had brain cancer in 1980 i guess depending on what what stage I, brain cancer i was say how severe it was but it doesn't say she died from brain cancer it just cancer. she died from cancer I mean so as you can see this lady was a habitual liar from the get go yeah I mean you have to be so, sort of a unmoral person if you're going to you know fake a marathon right Yeah, I, I mean, mean it, it couldn't be done today you know, well, here, here's the thing. I mean, it, it can be done today. I know, I know, I can't run a marathon, so I'm not even going to enter. <laughs> yeah, I mean, what do you get for winning the Boston Marathon, really? Uh, um, I am not really sure. I'm looking it up. I think it's just clout, really. But uh, Boston Marathon get. Uh, they, there you go. Oh, God. First place winners receive $150,000 in the opening division, the elite runners. $25,000 in the wheelchair division. Wheelchair yes. division? Yes. Yeah. $5,000 for masters, which is runners over 40, and $1,500 for a para division. Second place winners receive $75,000, dollars 1500 $150. I'm sorry, $750 in their respective categories. Wow. One thing is, training for a marathon... I know, I know it's expensive because you have to do a lot of conditioning. You have to get the right equipment. You have to eat right and everything like that. Right. Is 150 G's really? I mean, for us, yes, it sounds like it. But all the work and dedication you have to put in throughout the whole year for a marathon, is it really worth it? Yeah, I don't know. So they have several divisions. They have the men's open division, the women's open division, the men's wheelchair division, the women's wheelchair division. They also have a men and women hand cycle division. Wow, that's crazy. Interestingly enough, uh, when it term in terms of the Boston Marathon, uh, the course record uh, for the men uh, is Jeffrey. The Kenyan dude, right? Uh, yeah, from uh, Jeffrey uh, Mutai from Kenya, who finished it in two hours, three minutes, and two seconds in 2011. And for the women, it was a uh, Buzna ish. Daba, uh, a Bronx-based Ethiopian long-distance runner who ran the race in two hours, nineteen minutes, and fifty-nine seconds. Damn. Fourteen. Damn. Dude, I'd be lucky to do a mile in two minutes, five minutes, an hour. I'm gonna say you, can, anyway. you can't do. It's like you can't do no mile in two minutes. Hey, give me a motorcycle, I might. <laughs> and even then, I don't even know if I could do it. Um, 
But man, dude, the Boston Marathon's been around since 1897. It's 125 years. Holy shit. Yeah, yeah. no, but that but that Jeffrey Mutai, he not only uh won first place in the Boston Marathon. He won the New York one too. He won the New he won Boston and New York in the same year. Then in 2012, he did one in Berlin and won and won first place there, and then won again at New York City Marathon in 2013. Oh yeah, dude was a monster. And His dude, condition was beyond like nobody else's. And he's only like 40 years old, man. Like, yeah, he's in the master's still... division now. He destroying the master's division, bro. <laughs> but you know what though? Like, I bet you anything though. Like, even if he did like his personal best for a thousand for I'm sorry, ten thousand meters. A 10,000-meter race, his best is 27 minutes and 19 seconds. I couldn't do that. 20,000 meters is 56 minutes and 52. Half a marathon half a marathon is 58 minutes, 58 seconds. And then a marathon, of course, the record, uh, two, two hours, three minutes, two seconds. Dude is a monster. Crazy. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, oh, but, it's a it's a pretty big athletic event, despite what Bleacher Report is telling us right now. Yeah, well, I mean, so uh, I was gonna say Catherine uh, Dereba, uh, the Kenyan marathon uh, runner, she's won the Boston Marathon four times. Oh wow! Yeah, I don't think she does yeah. it anymore. Uh, no, the I don't think so. The last time she won was in two thousand and five. Yeah, those those Kenyans have that great. Uh, I mean, their their land is really flat, so they have a lot of good running yeah. uh, space. Uh, I'm trying to see. They did a documentary, or I guess a piece, not a documentary, but they did a piece on uh, him because I think he said he was gonna he was gonna come back for the Masters to do one more. Uh, I guess circuit of marathons. Uh, I just don't remember if it was ESPN or just. Fox Sports or somebody I just can't remember what it was. Yeah, the but latest that dude is super humble. Yeah, the latest winner of the Boston Marathon uh, was a gentleman by the name of Evan Shaber, uh, also from Kenya, and he ran the Boston Marathon in, in two hours six minutes fifty one seconds. Jeez, that's a record, I think. No, no, no. no. The record is still held by uh, Jeffrey uh, Mutai. Yeah. At two hours and three minutes and two seconds. Yeah, three uh, minutes. The, the the latest woman to win, uh, I'm gonna butcher this name. God forgive me. Um, Pris, Piris, Jep, Pier Pier, Sheer Sheer, something like that. Also from Kenya, ran it in two hours, twenty one minutes and two seconds. And I'm looking through uh, the. Go ahead, I'm so, sorry, go ahead. so for the men, Clarence Demar has won it seven times. Jeez. Oh wow! Uh, now he he hasn't ran since 1930, but <laughs> I, I mean he did win the Bear Boston Marathon seven times. Yeah, see, I think distance running, marathon running is probably the same caliber. No out throughout the years because there's not many changes it's literally just long distance running yeah right now, one of those the, that you can you can recognize those kind of records right now in the wheelchair division um the probably the goat of that is a guy by the name of Ernest Von Dyke a South African uh racer hand cyclist he he's won nine times that dude's upper body must be Jack Diesel dude he 
I'm looking at a picture of him right now, and dude looks. Yeah, he he got a stout upper body. I was say he has to for being a hand cyclist and a marathon runner in wheelchair. Right, and then the latest winner is uh, Daniel Rowanchuk uh, from America, um, and uh, it doesn't give his time for whatever reason. Um, All right, we'll yeah. move on from these amazing true runners to another scandal, I guess. Oh, God, uh, yeah. This one, yeah. <laughs> Which one of y'all want to take this one? I, I got it. So okay. next up, we're going to talk about the 2000 Paralympic Spanish basketball team. So cheating at the Paralympics is a disgraceful thing to do, yet I think many a fan would be astonished at how often it actually happens. Perhaps none were as shocking as the 2000 Paralympic Spanish basketball team. The Spanish team had won the gold medal in the basketball tournament, and for a while it was deemed an honest and good victory. Yet, a Spanish journalist revealed to the managers of the tournament that most of the players on the Spanish team had not been checked for a mental disability. In fact, after further investigation, it was revealed that 10 out of the 12 players were in fact not mentally disabled, and Spain had just wanted to win a gold medal. That's fucking crazy, dude. So, not only did you cheat, but you cheated on something that you had to be mentally disabled to do. Um, That's fucked up. Yes, it is. Very much. If you go to the Wikipedia page of uh, Basketball ID at the 20 Summer Paralympics, um, it says medal summary, uh, Poland received the bronze, Russian received the silver, and then Golda says not awarded, and then explains the uh, the scandal in, a, yeah. in an article. Uh, so, ironically enough, uh, in 1992... Five athletes at the Paralympics uh, were were disqualified for performance enhancing drugs. Are you fucking kidding me? Fuck. But my thing is, were they mentally disabled though? Uh, I don't know that. No. Uh, I can find that out real quick. Because uh... my thing is. They could probably use the excuses of, you know, being mentally handicapped and then somebody else could have gave them the performance enhancements without their knowledge. Yeah. Right. I mean, 2000 Sydney Games saw 14 athletes return a positive test, 10 of which were in the powerlifting competition. I mean, that's ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. I mean... Like if it's if it's not if it in the case of the Spanish one if it's where non uh what are they para athletes is that what they're called yeah para athletes yes para athletes yeah if it's ten of them were obviously didn't have any kind of disability obviously two of them did so, and they probably didn't know anything was wrong um those ten guys yeah did something super scummy now like 
what they did horrible you know fuck them everything like that but when it comes to like people with mental handicapness like where's the limit of cheating like if there's right. something against if it's something against their knowledge how would you set up a regulation for that right well it says that the 2000 summer para, uh, paralympics in sydney which had already seen controversy with numerous positive drug tests would be the venue for one of the most scandalous events in sports history. Spain was stripped of their intellectual disability basketball, <coughs> excuse me, gold medals shortly after the game uh, closed. Um, after Carlos uh, Ribagorda, um, I hope I'm saying that name right. If I'm not, I'm sorry. A member of the victorious team and an undercover journalist revealed that to the Spanish business magazine Capital that most of his colleagues had not undergone medical tests to ensure that they had a disability and IPC investigated the claims and found that the required mental tests, which should show that the competitors have a, have, a, have an IQ of no more than 75 were not conducted by the CPE or the Spanish Paralympic Committee. Excuse me. Um, Ribagorda uh, alleged that some Spanish participants in the table tennis, track and field, and swimming events were also not disabled, meaning that five medals have been won fraudulently. So Man, it wasn't just basketball. So, well, I mean, it wasn't just basketball. It was table tennis, track and field, swimming. <coughs> Excuse me. He went on to say that the Spanish Federation of Sports People with the Intellectual Disabilities, or FIDI, um, the, uh, deliberately chose to sign up athletes who were not intellectually disabled to win medals to gain more sponsorships. Uh, Fernando uh, Martin Vince, uh, president of FIDA, or FIDI, and president of the CPE, initially denied these allegations after it was confirmed that 10 of the 12 competitors in the winning team were not disabled. Uh, Martin Vinny. Uh, publicly apologized for the error and accepted total responsibility, resigning before the findings were officially released. Two weeks later, the team was officially disqualified and was ordered to return their gold medals. Ali, man. Yeah, a bunch of assholes. bunch of assholes, man. Fucking it up for everybody. Everybody. But um, let's move on to more scumminess. Yeah. Oh. I, well, I don't really think this next one's really that scummy. Oh, I've seen the the thirty for thirty about this one. Yeah, it's really stupid. Ah, uh, well, let, let, let's get into it. All right. Well, next one is SMU faces D death penalty in college football. Um, so Southern Methodist Southern Methodist University, SMU, had been found in 1986 to have had 16 years of continuously violating NCAA rules. Players have been given enormous sums of money from boosters and from the college itself, and coaches and management being aware and not admitting it made matters even worse. The NCAA decided that it was too much and for the only time in the history gave SMU the death penalty for the 87th season. They weren't allowed to play any games. They did not. They, this did not only affect one season, though. The next year, SMU didn't have the players to form a team and set out that season as well. In the following 20 years, SMU has had only one winning season. Mm. Well, there you go. All because they did the same thing everybody else did. 
that. Well, and for the people who don't understand what it is, the death penalty in terms of the NCAA is a popular term that is used for the NCAA's power to ban a school from competing in sports for at least one year. And it is a conglomerately, it's coined the death penalty as a nod to capital punishment being the harshest penalty that the NCAA member of school can receive. And only five times it has happened. Uh, University of Kentucky basketball had got the death penalty in 1952-53. Um, Southern, I'm sorry, uh, Southwestern Louisiana, or now known as University of Louisiana at Lafayette, um, their basketball program received the death penalty in both the 73 and 74 season, like what we just talked about, the SMU football program in 1987. Um, Division II Morehouse College, 2004-2005 for men's soccer and men's tennis from uh, McMurray College in 2006 to, I'm sorry 2005-2006 uh, uh, so it says right here it says the NCAA has always had the power to ban an institution from competing in a particular sport however in 1985, in response to the rampant violations at several schools, the NCAA Council passed the Repeat Violator Rule. The rule stipulates that if a second major violation occurs at any institution within five years of being on probation in the same sport or another sport, the institution can bar from can be barred from competition in the sport involved in a second violation for either one or two seasons. In the cases, in particularly of the more egregious conduct, of egregious conduct a school can also be stripped of its right to vote at ncaa conventions for four years the severity of the penalty led to the media dubbing it the death penalty and the nickname has persisted however if the ncaa finds a school has engaged in a pattern of willful violations it can look back to when the violations first occurred even if they are outside of the five-year window it also still has the power to ban the school from competition in the sport Without any preliminaries in cases of particularly egregious violations, however, the repeat offender violation rule gave the infraction committees of the various NCAA divisions specific instances where they must either bar a school from competition or explain why they choose not to do so. Um, and if you've seen the 30 for 30 documentary, um, I think it's Pony Excess, I think is what it's called. Express. Express, yeah. Um, it talks a lot about Southern Methodist University, um, and uh, it's about what their was going university. On. That's what I'm saying, yeah. Um, and basically, it, the whole thing was basically about paying players. Basically, well, they which, gave which uh, they now get to do anyway. What's the right. what, what was the running back? Uh, was it Dickinson? Eric, I believe it was. I think it was Dickinson. They gave him a car. And, well, Abusha gave him a car, and the team knew about it, and that's when they decided, hey, this is a little too much. You know, because obviously they know that shit like that goes down anyways. That's why they said repeat offenders. Uh, right. But, yeah, like, my thing is, why did they do that shit to uh, USC when it was found out about Reggie Bush doing his bullshit? Right. Or his dad technically doing all that stuff. Oh, wait till next week. We'll talk about it. Um, but yeah, I mean, golly, but I mean, the, the whole the whole thing is that you know, golly. And then here, here's the thing: like the NCAA and the death penalty since this case, um, despite the NCAA's apparent awareness of imposing such an extreme sanction, it 
has uh, indicated that the SMU case is the standard for imposing the death penalty. Uh, for instance, the investigation into the Baylor basketball team, uh, the NCAA deemed Baylor's violations to be as serious as those from uh, SMU. Um, but, yeah, but nowadays players can make, isn't it like, I can't remember who it was, but like somebody autographed a jersey and they suspended him for a game or they fined him or something? It was uh, the Ohio, uh, Ohio State. Yeah, Torrell Pryor, yeah. Um, somebody, it was just a, it was just a, it was just a, he didn't, he didn't get paid for it. He just signed, you can't give your autographs away. You can't sign shit. That's stupid. Like to me, like, like, like basically, oh, well, you're a student before you're an athlete. Okay. Yeah, cool. I'm a student before I'm an athlete. Yeah. And I'm going to get my education, but Uh, maybe, (laughs) maybe, but I mean, but, but at the same time, it's like, if somebody says, Hey, I want your autograph. Okay, cool. I'll sign something for him. I don't care. You know, you know, because who knows? One day, if this, you know, it, I mean, it didn't happen for Terrell Pryor, God bless him. But, you know, if he becomes one of the biggest players in the NFL, like, hey, I got, I got, I got an authentic, an authentic autograph from Terrell Pryor who signed my jersey. You know, it's either collect this item or you're going to try to sell it. Which, if you're a true I, I, diehard, you might want to keep it, but that's a different story. I really feel bad for Terrell Pryor because he did everything right when he got to the league and still got fucked over. Yeah, he really Literally did. Changed positions, became a really good wide receiver, and he just got passed around because he was. They didn't want a, a, a guy who wasn't a, an experienced wide receiver. Yeah. Dude was fast yeah. and could catch. He was tall as shit too. Yep. He's only he's only thirty two, yeah, and he's not even in the league anymore. Like no, he's league. not played football in a while. I don't think he's even played one of like the small units. Uh, small he played units, one small he, leagues. He played for the Raiders, the Seahawks, the Chiefs, the Bengals, the Browns, the, the uh, Washington Football Team, the Jets, the Bills, and the Jaguars. But one, two, three, four of those teams, he was practice squad only. Yep. Mm. You know, like also speaking of practice team, did y'all see that uh, T.O. is playing in the uh, my pro league on Johnny Manziel's team? Yeah, that yeah, uh, I've seen that. that yeah, the, the, the fan, the fan controlled, yeah, fan control yeah. league. Yeah, I've seen that. Whatever. Yeah, oh well, that league is so it's entertaining, but it's so bad. It's so bad. Yeah, I hope he gets turfed though. Oh my god. Man, Johnny Mazzello's not that bad. Well, actually, I'm, I'm talking about Terrell Owens. Fuck him. Nah, nah. Definitely Terrell. Terrell ain't that bad. He's like Man- 60. Johnny Manziel is Tim Tebow minus Jesus. He's not that good. <laughs> Damn. I'd definitely take Tebow over Manziel. Oh, my God. Yeah, Manziel's fucking garbage. I didn't say he was good. I didn't say he was good. I'm just like, over Tebow, though? Oh, yeah, easily. Oh, yeah. Okay, so if you put Tim Tebow in the Rams offense, would you? I'm just I'm kidding, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. All right. Actually, I don't think he'd be able to do it. <laughs> you, you heard me laughing. I was joking when I said, "Okay, wait." But I was like, I was actually saying, like, thinking about, it, like, I don't think he could actually do it. Like, unfortunately, he has that unfortunate uh, thing called inaccuracy. Yeah, I, I, I think. I think they could be a, a 500 team. 
Yeah, I can see that. I mean, with uh, the, with the seven game ser- with a seven game uh, season now, seven game just- season. 17 game season. I'm sorry. I was like, what? You're above below. (laughs) I'm sorry. I I did throw a number out there. Um, I'm trying to think. Like, hmm. I mean, I I don't know. They're in a hard division. That is a hard division. But, I mean, if they relied more on the the running back and he didn't have to throw a whole lot. uh, Yeah, but then you're wasting Cooper Cup. Yeah, but then again, Cooper Cup could make him look good. Yeah, I mean, Dur- uh, Demarius Thomas made him look good. Mm-hmm. But just be careful you don't fuck around and turn Cooper Cup into Debo Samuel. Have him playing 13 different positions. And they're like, oh, he he is a receiver. No, that motherfucker is everything. He's a Swiss Army knife. But they don't want to pay him like a Swiss Army knife. Nope, we're still going to trade him, which really sucks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, until well, Denver gets him, then you're gonna love it. <laughs> no, we I, we can't afford him. Running. We can't afford him. Nope. Uh, everything I've I've heard so far is the Texans or the Browns. I don't know how Cleveland's got money to pay anybody now. Well, they let go of Landry. They got rid of Ob- Odell. Um, then they got rid of. Well, they're getting rid of Baker, so that's all their money. But then again, yeah, I mean, hell, just look at trade all that money they signed. Um, yeah, but it was his, his stuff is structured um, and, in a way uh, where they can spread it out. Denzel Ward, uh, and then um, Amari Cooper. And like, you know, when Miles My- Garrett's contract is going to be coming up next year, so he's going to want to get paid. Yeah, they. I just don't think. I think they're pushing being close to or over cap space. Do you think though? I know we're I know it's off such a subject, but let me just ask a question: Do you think they'll trade Baker? Or do you think they'll wait till after the draft and then cut him? Uh, they can't because they'd have to pay him still a lot of money. Yeah, but wouldn't it be easier just to if you can't find a trade for him? Wouldn't it be just be like you know what? I don't fuck think it. Let's just cut our him. losses. Yeah, they're not they're really sh- they're not really shopping him at this point because they're waiting to hear what's going to happen to Deshaun Watson. They 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 want to try to keep him uh, on the team, even though he said he doesn't want to play there anymore after the way they disrespected him. Which I don't blame him at all. Uh, I don't either. That man literally brought that culture back and gave it hope again. He right. brought that. He brought winning mentality and he brought uh, durability back. People wanted to go to Cleveland to play because of him. Yeah. When was the last time people wanted to go to Cleveland to play? I mean, LeBron they, don't want to play for Cleveland. Yeah. I mean, they kind of do now with Deshaun, but... But they're on defense about it, too, because they don't know. Right. But, they but don't that's know the thing. he's going to be able to play. But yeah. here's the thing. You got Deshaun Watson, you got Jacoby Brissett, and they just signed Joshua Dobbins. Or Joshua Dobbs, I'm sorry. And then you got still got Baker Mayfield. You got four quarterbacks. One of these is not like the other. Like... Watson, Bursett, and Dobbs are all, you know, quarterbacks who have a good arm and they can scramble and they can improvise. Baker Mayfield can, can do. he can too, but Baker's better in the pocket if if, if that makes sense. Um, are you telling? Well, I don't know. You would ta- hold on, hold on. Are you telling? You would take uh, 
Brissett and Dobbs over Baker. If that's what you're I'm, telling me, I, I, please I, don't say that's what you're saying. I thought that, I didn't think that was going to be your argument. Wait, what the hell are y'all talking about? Are you saying you you would take Brissett? That's what I was wondering. Like, are you saying you're taking Brissett and Dobbs over Baker? When did I say that? That's what I was wondering for a second. I was like, well, I didn't think that was what your argument was. Wow. Are you guys okay? Did you land hard when you jumped to that conclusion? I didn't say that. That's what Casey was asking. I was like, I didn't say that. I was no, like, wait, what? That's what I was saying. Y'all said, went y'all went way overboard on this one. No, 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 no. You said that with Deshaun, Brissett, and Dobbs, and then Baker, that one was not like the others that Deshaun, Brissett, and Dobbs uh, could scramble and uh, had a good good arm. arm. And that Baker was more of a pocket passer, which led me to believe that you were putting Baker on the outside, saying he was not, or implying that he was not as good as the other three. And I was like, hold on. That's not what that, that's that's not what I said at all. Yeah, I didn't think you said that. That's what I was wondering. Yeah, like, Whoa, what? I was like, yeah. where did this come from? <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm. That's what I'm trying to figure out too. Like, Bubba, you know me better than that. You know I, how long have we known each other. You know I don't. Go, I don't have like I do have some out there ideas on sports, but I ain't stupid enough to say <laughs> Baker Mayfield's better. Josh, trust me, Joshua Dobbs is not better than Baker Mayfield. Jacoby Brissett is not better than Baker Mayfield. How I, dare you I think I that I would think otherwise? Well, no, you, <laughs> did say, you, you did say Manziel and Tebow on the same level, so... No, I, I did not say that. All I said was Johnny Manziel is Tim Tebow minus Jesus. That's all I said. Nevertheless... saying that they have the same skill set, just he, he doesn't kneel. Yeah, that's true. That's true. He flexes. Yeah, he flex. Yeah, he flexes. Yeah, nah. No, seriously. Like, figure out a way to get Baker Mayfield out of Cleveland because if he stays, he's going to be a disruption. If you leave, well, it's because what's going to end up happening, and I see it. Deshaun Watson. Let's just say, just for the sake of argument, Deshaun Watson gets put on that exempt list. Baker Mayfield. All right, Baker. We need you to go in. Baker's like, I'm good. Y'all got your cover set. Go ahead. I'm good. Like my thing is, you know, I mean, they're they're over here. They're quote unquote saying they're shopping him, but they also put out a thing saying that he was a disruptive player and was not good as a team player. That's literally the only the only people that said that's the front office. Yeah, even though all of his teammates are love him going to bat for him, and they're like, "No, this is this dude is the deal." Like that's why Jarvis Landry isn't there anymore. Like he went to bat for Baker, and they were like, "Oh fuck, we don't need him around here." Yeah, and like my thing is, there's a lot of teams that will definitely take Baker right now. So they're obviously not shopping them because right. if they've not been able to find somebody for him, they're not they're not looking. But fuck, I mean, yeah, granted, I mean, yeah, you know, Pittsburgh definitely needs um, yeah, another quarterback right now. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. They're in the same division. They're not gonna they're not gonna trade within their division. You could trade him to the other conference. You know, I mean. I'm pretty sure Seattle's going to need a quarterback. Um, you know, hell with all the bullshit going on in Phoenix about how Kyler Murray doesn't want to be there anyway. Fucking, fucking trade him to fucking, fucking. The problem is Arizona. Is no, the problem is is nobody else wants Kyler Murray. Oh, that's damn! All these different quarterbacks, no one wants. It's like, <laughs> uh, I, I, I have heard that the Panthers have expressed interest in Baker, but. The Panthers uh, are apparently looking to draft uh, Malik Willis at number six. Oh wow! Yeah, yeah, and apparently, um, 
uh, the Giants are also in the talk of quarterback, even though they have Daniel Jones. Which is stupid. They, they're blaming him and not the garbage offensive line and no offense around him. Nope. That's the problem. They always blame the quarterback. It's, it's the quarterback gets all the praise or all the penalty. Yep. You're, if yeah. you don't if you don't build a team around your young quarterback, like the thing is, they have young quarterback and they have both both of the New York teams have tons of draft picks. Y'all should be able to draft a a good team to be your dynasty for the next like eight years. Mm-hmm. Right. But y'all being stupid. Welcome to New York sports, everybody. Yeah. Yep. All well, right. We went. We've heard, we've entered way off topic. No, well, we're talking I mean, about sports. It, it was, it was, <laughs> well, it's still sports, but I mean, we're talking and about it, scandals. And, you and know. it was football related. Well, I mean, yeah. the Baker deal could right. be a scandal. The, the Deshaun Watson deal. The Joss one, yeah. <laughs> I'm, st- I'm, I'm, st- I'm still upset. You thought that I would make the leap, a comparison that Jacoby Brissett was better than Baker. I would never say that. <laughs> it, it was the way you put it. My brain immediately was like, is he saying? <laughs> I got. I was ask. so confused when you asked that. I was so confused. I was like, wait, is that what he was trying to say? Because I was like, I didn't pick that up. So I was like, wait, when we what? Go, go back and rewind when we when this episode come when this episode drops on uh, this upcoming week. I will go back and listen to it, and then I'll look and I'm like, you know what? Maybe I did lead you in the wrong direction. That's my fault. I apologize. <laughs> I mean, it could just be but, my brain. <laughs> so. Well, we all have different brains, so you know. Yeah. All right. Uh, Talent, you got do, do, do. the next one up. Let's go. Do I have the next one up? Yeah. yeah. Okay, cool. So, <laughs> you know what? I'm going to take the one after this one because I know Raj is a big rugby fan. Well, both of y'all are big rugby fans. I know Roger plays rugby. So, uh, Roger, take this one and I'll go ahead and do the uh, the next one. Okay. This one is actually really funny because like, if you see the video for it, it's so horribly obvious and bad. Uh but no, uh, I'm trying to think about the team name. Uh, uh, it was the uh, the Harlequins. Yes, it was a club team. I was like, I can't remember club team names. But yes, the Harlequins. But for, I'm not even going to read that first part because it doesn't even make sense. Uh, right. During a rugby game several years ago, um, Tom Williams uh, was the player. And he started bleeding on the field from his mouth. So in rugby... Um, you can actually get a blood substitution depending on how bad it is because you're going to bleed in rugby. They can either just patch you up right then and there or depending on the severity of blood, they have to take you out and sub you in, which is what they wanted to do with Tom Williams because Tom Williams was actually a sub playing for their... Oh, fuck. Was he their fly half or... F- he was one of their backs. I can't remember exactly which one. I think it was their fly half who was, who was also their best kicker, but he was Yeah, he, he was their fly half. Yeah. Okay, 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 okay. I thought yeah. you said fly half? Yeah. Okay, because you you were speaking so quickly, I thought you said fly ass. No, they're fly ass. What the hell's a fly ass? A fly ass. <laughs> they are assholes. But no, um, he was playing he was playing a number ten position to fly half. Um, and he's not their best kicker, and they needed pretty much their best kicker in to win the game. Um so Tom Williams started bleeding on the field from his mouth. And it's not run rugby, like I said, but accusation that was fake blood started uh, started flooding the papers like almost immediately. But the whole story is their club manager, Dean Richards, had promised Williams a lofty increase in pay if he agreed to keep a blood capsule in his sock inserted in his mouth, which was stupid to begin with because you wear long socks in rugby so you can see somebody reach into their sock. Yep. Um, 
so he bite onto it upon contact to make it seem like he was bleeding to stop the time and cause a blood substitution because um, that was the only time rugby also has substitution limits they're in club season i think back in the day i don't think they do as much anymore um so they didn't have a way to actually get their player out there because they already used all their substitution so they were going to do this to begin with um so the first problem ensued when in front of live cameras and hundreds of attendants williams dropped the capsule then he had to pick it up and start over again not only that he also winked at the camera as he walked off the field <laughs> Um, he later admitted that it was indeed a blood capsule and suffered a four-month suspension. Yet, luckily, nowhere near the four-year suspension of Richard. I must say, the team also Richards also tried to say that it was not his plan and it was not done at all, and that Williams was all in for himself to do it, and he came up with it by himself. It was a whole big thing. It was actually pretty funny. But well, the yeah. dude literally smiles with blood coming out of his mouth, winks at the camera, and walks to the like the bench. I'm like, bruh. Everybody saw you drop the capsule. Like it was so bad. It's so bad. Well, so basically, he 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 faked blood so that they could they could technically it. get a substitution without getting a substitution. Yeah, because ah, they didn't have so substitution. Tricking the rules, uh, bending the rules a little bit in their favor. Right. Oh, so, yeah, a lot of favor. <laughs> <laughs> so after that, uh, the European Rugby Club and the Rugby Football Union. Uh, did an investigation and they revealed that blood injuries had also been faked by the Harlequins to enable tactical substitutions on yep. four previous occasions. Yeah, they were they did it a lot throughout the during Richard's uh tenure. That's why he got four year suspension. Um yeah. but no, yeah, uh the Tom really wants to say it's out because of how he was literally so he got hit and goes down to a knee to pull the blood capsule out of his sock, drops it Looks around, picks it up, and puts it in his mouth, starts bleeding, and as he walks off, winks at the camera. Like, it's so bad. It's so bad. It was. It was. Uh, it was uh, romantically entitled Bloodgate. Yeah, yeah, it's so. Which is well, it makes sense because that team was found out to obviously do it multiple times. Which is like, it is a scummy thing to do, but so smart. If your best player's on the bench because he got subbed out and he can't get subbed back in, have the person in his position have to do a blood substitution so the guy can play. Also, with a blood substitution, uh, the, the you're only subbed out um, on the severity depending. You're only subbed out as a time limit, a certain amount of time depending on how long it takes them to clean you up and get you back on the field. Obviously, if it's too big of a gash or something that won't stop bleeding, they won't sub you back in. But, but, so, but I'm saying that during rugby, I mean, how ain't no telling how many times, times guys have like cuts on their arms or their lips got busted or they got a they got a you know knot on their eyebrow or yeah you know a nosebleed i mean hell i mean if you're just bleeding from the mouth help swallow your blood and get back out there and keep playing i mean well a lot the medic will go out in the field and he designates whether or not it's severity like the severity they'll clean you up on the field while play is still happening yeah oh so all you got to do is just walk to the sideline it's like no oh, yeah sure you. you guys go ahead they walk to you oh Oh, so you could just you could be in like in the middle of the pile or something, and the people they just come out there is like, oh, you know, prop. I mean, has a medical team well, ever been hit by rugby players? I mean, I'm sure it happens more often. It probably, than ha- it probably has happened, but um, what happens is like if you're hurting, you're either down, like you're on your knee, which Tom Williams did to like sub- like signal a substitution needed or something happened, or you're laying on the ground because you're unconscious, and then a medical oh, wow. team will come out there and work on you and they can literally just leave right then and there uh depending on how bad it is like a, like if it's a knockout they'll stop play obviously get you off the field or stuff but 
it just it really depends but they it, rugby is a consistently going game it really only stops for like big penalties or obviously like unconscious player or fights or something like that was it wasn't there an issue of a player that got paralyzed um i don't think it's happened as much in rugby like that i can recall off the top of my head it probably does happen but it doesn't happen often as people think in rugby as it does like in football and stuff like that because i remember i'm trying to remember the name of the guy um i mean there's, I it's probably happened it. but i don't know like off the top of my head who like which one it would be and stuff robert pa- robert paler i think that's what it was uh he probably. they had I, I can't i'm trying to remember he went up and then he came down, and as he was coming down, he landed like directly on top of his head or something along those lines. I want to say that what it, what it was. He either he either got paralyzed or he broke his neck in the, in the situation. Uh, I'm trying to remember what it was. I can't. I, you know what? I, I'm trying to remember. Then there was also Matt Hampson, who was also another rugby player who uh, got uh, his neck broken, paralyzed. Um, yeah, I'm trying to remember. I remember seeing it in a Watch Mojo video. I think is what it was, where it's like the worst sports injuries, and I think that's what it was. I think that's when it happened, um, but I can't remember off the top of my head. Oh, so the blood substitution time limit is 15 minutes. So if you can't return within the 15 minutes of uh, leaving it, you, your sub becomes a permanent player. Okay, hey, I found it. I found the what I was looking for. It's Alex McKinnon was left paralyzed. Uh, hang on, let me see if I... Let's see. Alex McKinnon rugby... There you go. Um, yeah, it says Alex McKinnon is an Australian former professional rugby player uh, whose career was cut short by a spinal injury during the 2014 National Rugby League pre- Premiership match against Melbourne. A country New South Wales represent- representative second row. McKinnon also played lock and center. Um, his career started at, with the St. George Illawarra Dragons. And moving to the Newcastle Knights of 2012. Um, yeah, he says he he is he left a quadriplegic. It says that on March 24th, McKinnon was injured in a dangerous tackle close to halftime with Storm players Jordan McLean, Jesse Bromwich, and Kenny Bromwich. Uh, McKinnon had fractured his C4 and C5 vertebrae and was admitted to the Alfred Hospital and placed in a medically induced coma. He was given a seven match uh, McLean was given a seven match suspension for the tackle. Damn. Hmm. Yeah. Didn't know. I mean, I mean, I don't know how like aware are you of like other I mean, I know you're like super into rugby. That's why I was, you know, wanting you to do this particular entry on the list. Oh, yeah. uh, I didn't. I didn't know if you knew anything about. Uh, no, like, like, not like. I can only really watch rugby every now and then because we don't get it much here. We're just stupid. Right. Yeah, that's real stupid. Yeah. I have to watch what I can on. Uh, Peacock, YouTube, or every now and then, um, ESPN will have. Uh, Peacock, I mean, has uh, the. 
Six Nations and stuff like that. Right. I've been watching. I've been uh, scrolling through Peacock. I've been watching a little EPL. I know it's not. I know it's soccer, not rugby, but still. I know. <laughs> I mean, I watch it too. Yeah. Yeah. I think. Uh, I think. I, I can't. I think it was Crystal Palace and Manchester City. I think is what I watched. So anyway, it was. It was, it was a good game. I enjoyed it. All right. Uh. So let's move on to the last one of the night. Um. You know what? I think Chip was okay. supposed. To- Go ahead. So hold on. One more, one more thing about this Tom Williams things. Um, I, I knew there was something else that went on with it, but when they took Tom Williams back to the locker room, um, technically rugby, the other team medic can also check on you to make sure that's a legit injury. Obviously, they were they saw what happened and uh, uh, they were going against uh, Lancaster, I think, or Leicester, Lancaster, Leicester, one of the two. Lancaster. Lancaster. Okay. And Lancaster's doctor's like, let me take a look at him. And uh, the Harlequin medic is like, no, no, no. They take him back to his locker room. And Lancaster's uh, medic is banging on the locker room door saying, hey, I need to see him. So the doctor gets a stitch remover and cuts Tom Williams' lip to make it seem like that's where the blood was coming from. So he'd have a reason to be out. So the medic cut him too. Yep. Damn. I knew there was something else was the story because I was like, I was like, man, there has to be, there had to be something else that like really was off about it. Because he like it was a blood capsule, so there's a lot of blood, but they had no source of where the blood would have came from. But That's yeah, crazy. There, that that was uh, the Harlequins for you. Two thousand nine, trying to win it again. Yeah, trying to. Uh, you know what? I know I was supposed to read the last one. I gave it to Raj, but then I realized Chip was supposed to get the one after me, so. Chip, go ahead and take this one, and then I'll Are you get sure? the first one. On. Yeah, yeah, go ahead and take this one, and I'll get the first one on the next episode. Okay. Uh, yeah, I don't mind. Up, next up, we're going to talk about Pete Rose. So, uh, Pete Rose was undoubtedly one of baseball's best players of all time. Thus, he had made a lot of money, yet he still felt the need to bet that money, which eventually led to his demise, and to the fact that he is permanently banned from MLB and the Hall of Fame ballot. After years of saying the accusations were senseless and false, more and more evidence piled up until in the 80s, Commissioner Pete Uberoff asked Rose to take a voluntary ban from MLB as he promised to cease investigations on how much Rose gambled. And actually, uh, that is a lie. It was not Uberoff that did it it was um bart giamatti yeah uh so so what made rose's gambling worse was the fact that it was later revealed that uh he bet on red's games while being their manager his legacy has not been completely tarnished he still gets unauthorized write-ups for the hall of fame ballot every year but his name will forever be synonymous with gambling who fucking cares? I, that's the thing. Uh, nobody cares. Um, if if I could play devil's advocate for a split second about yep. the whole gambling thing in baseball, Go ahead. I think when they talk about gambling, especially gambling on your own team, like just just for shits and giggles, let's just say for example, I'm on a baseball team, and I'm going to bet that my team is going to lose and I bet a bunch of money that my team is going to lose and I'm the manager of this team wouldn't I put my team in the best possible chance to lose 
and then receive that money, even though it's going to cost me victory. From that standpoint, it's like you're cheating the game. You know, it's like you're not, it's, it's not authentic and you're fixing the game the same way it was with the White Sox scandal, only to not, not as um, egregious. Um, now, again, I mean, if you want to gamble, by all means, you know, if you got a problem, get help with it. Um, but if it was betting on games that you had nothing to do with, I don't see what the problem is there. Um, but we live in a day and age now where sports betting is literally all the craze, you know? Um, right. Well, uh, but according to the Dowd report that was brought up as to how, as to how he got, um, suspended or became permanently ineligible, uh, the Dowd report says that there was no evidence that he bet against the Reds. So if he didn't bet against the Reds, he couldn't fix them to lose. He could only right. he only bet for them. So right. Um, so he betted that his team would win, mm-hmm. basically. Mm-hmm. So I mean, I mean that's confidence in your team, I guess you know. But exactly. Uh, so um, you know, this was originally. It was originally reported that he wagered a minimum of $10,000 a day, uh, but later it came out that it was the actual number was around $2,000 a day. Uh, mm. Still, I mean, still a lot of money. $2,000 a day is a huge amount of money. Yeah, especially 14000 a week. I mean, especially in the 80s. So. Oh yeah, two thousand dollars a week back in the eighties. In terms of inflation, it's probably what seven, eight thousand today. Maybe not that high, but you know. No, oh, it probably is about that high. Mm. Maybe even a little higher. Hmm. Uh, on, let's see. I'm gonna do. Yeah, like, go, ahead, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Do that while I. Uh, yeah. So he don't miss. Uh, he got it. He got. He got us, ladies and gentlemen. Pete Rose continued to deny all the accusations against him and refused to appear at a hearing with Giamatti on the matter. Uh, And he later filed a lawsuit in Hamilton County Court of Common Pleas, the Ohio State Trial Court covering Cincinnati, alleging that the commissioner had prejudged the case and could not provide a fair hearing. The Court of Common Pleas issued a, a TRO or a temporary restraining order to delay the hearing, but Giamatti sought to remove the case to the federal United States District Court of Southern uh, Ohio. The Southern District of Ohio granted Giamatti's removal petition, and the parties thereafter entered settlement negotiations as the federal court, whose judges were lifetime appointees and whose jurisdiction included large areas where the Reds were less popular was seen to be less favorable for Pete Rose than a state court covering only Cincinnati and its immediate uh, surroundings and whose judges faced election every six years. Um, so August 24th, 89, Pete Rose voluntarily accepted a permanent place on baseball's ineligibility list. Uh, <clears throat> Rose accepted that there was a factual reason for the ban and in return, MLB agreed to make no formal finding with regard to the gambling allegations. 
and according to baseball's rule, Pete Rose could reply for reinstatement in one year, but Bart Giamatti said that that would absolutely not happen. Uh, so, ironically enough, uh, Bart Giamatti died of a heart attack September 1st, 1989, eight days after announcing Pete Rose's suspension. He was murdered. Uh, so ever since 1992 Pete Rose has applied for reinstatement only to be denied he's in a Hall of Fame though WWE Hall of Fame he's a WWE Hall of Famer damn right yeah I also think he's a Cincinnati baseball in the Cincinnati Baseball Hall of Fame but not the 2016 yep yep or I'm sorry it's the uh, Ohio Hall of Fame, baseball Hall of Fame. Not he, and he's yeah he's in the Cincinnati Reds Hall of Fame as well. And his their ring, the ring of fame, their ring of fame. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, and just 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 as we're throwing this out there, seventeen time All Star, three time World Series champion, NL MVP in nineteen seventy three, World Series MVP in nineteen seventy five, uh, NL Rookie of the Year in nineteen sixty three, two time Golden Glove Award winner, uh, Silver Slug Award winner in the eighty one season, the Roberto Clemente Award in eight in seventy six three-time NL batting champion in 86, 89, and 73. The Cincinnati Red number 14 jersey is retired. Cincinnati Reds Hall of Famer, Major League Baseball All-Centuries Team. Yeah, say this sounds fast. Now, now fourth, the, oh, go ahead. I was going to say, that's what blows my mind because in 1999, he was elected to the MLB All-Century Team, but you can't be elected into the Hall of Fame. That doesn't no. make sense. Baseball has stupid tradition and rules. Right. But he holds... Like, he, the, here's a, Here are the records that he holds. Just Pete Rhodes. 4,256 career hits. 3,215 career singles. 3,562 career games played. 14,053 career at-bats. And fifteen thousand eight hundred and ninety plate appearances. I mean, the yeah. man was baseball. I mean, it, he also you, had a forty-four game hitting streak. Yeah, his batting average was three oh three. Lifetime, yeah, bro, hit one, hit one out of every three. Golly, man, three point yeah. three. I mean, three oh three is. I mean, that's like, fucking good. Well, you're, yeah. literally, you're literally hitting one out of every three. Yeah, or just a little bit one out of every three. But I mean, you're hit. If, yeah, baby. he's getting on. He's getting on base one time a game at least. And it's, it's so crazy because, like, when you think of the greatest hitters of all time, this is how good Pete Rose. Like, Pete Rose is three zero point three zero three, and he's amazing. He never cracked it. He never crept. He never cracked the top 10 all time in terms of batting average because Ty Cobb is the all time leader at 3.66 you know and followed by Oscar Charleston at 3.64 uh, Rogers Hornsby 3, 3, uh, 0.358 Shoeless Joe Jackson at 0.355 Judd Wilson Shoeless Joe did he ever get in the Hall of Fame I know he was part of that White I, I, but would he ever I, look it up I don't think he no it's, according to this he's not in the Hall of Fame okay I know he was part of that scandal, even though. He but he is. But he isn't. 
but he is in the Cleveland Naps slash Cleveland Indians slash Cleveland Guardians Hall of Fame. Why? I guess because he played for, I don't know. That, that's what it says. It says he's a, he's a Cleveland Guardian Hall of Famer. Yeah. The Cleveland Guardians about to be in the Hall of Fame for being sued and losing to a minor league team for that name. There is a there is a minor league team named the Cleveland. They're literally uh, getting sued right now by that team because they tried wow, to take wow. As I said, they're about to lose. They're about to be in the Hall of Fame for losing that one because the other team literally had that name before them and has merch years of merchandise sales and you know history of being that team. Golly, man. But uh, I, I, baseball is one of those where I just like. They want to be the old guard and try the true tradition, blah, blah, blah. They say, if y'all want to do that, how about we don't admit anybody in the Hall of Fame that played before uh, segregation ended? Yeah. Oh, put it, let's put it, what did, what did Daniel Tosh say? Put yeah. An put it, by Babe Ruth. Yeah. Being allowed to set records and break records before black people were allowed to play? Before blacks or uh, Dominicans were allowed to play? Yeah. <laughs> Well, Barry Bonds is the home run leader right now. Yeah, yeah but, but they put stuff. an asterisk next to his. <clears throat> still Hank Aaron. Yep. It's still no. I mean, yeah, I agree. But but that's the thing. I, has a positive test ever came up for Barry Bonds, or was it just yes. always? Wh- when did the positive test come? Did it come during the trial? No, it didn't come what, during the, the trial. Ones? I don't think it did. But I'm pretty I sure think... he did because that's why they kept him out. No, I think no, no, they kept him out because he was a dick. Um. According to every sports, <laughs> I mean, I mean, I'm just saying. Like you, you got a personal vendetta against you. <laughs> no, no vendetta whatsoever. It's just like, what I've like heard. You, you met this man <laughs> from from all accounts, from everything, from like every sports writer that I've heard talk about Barry Bonds is that he was one of the greatest players, but he was not a likable person. Yeah, and um, uh, 2003, a urine sample that baseball home run king Barry Bonds submitted in 2003 was positive for banned performance enhancement drugs. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I was like, I'm pretty sure he got oh, the Balco report. Yeah, the Balco scandal. That's right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, because that's when everybody had to go to uh, uh, DC, right? Yeah. And uh, Clemens was like, I never did steroids, bro. Yo, yo, you're in so roided up right now. It's actually turning into a fucking gas. No, 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 no. I think the I think the person you're talking about is Rafael Palmero, because he looks straight. He he looks straight what at the Palmero? people. Oh. Rafael Palmero, yeah, he pointed, he pointed with that big ass porn star mustache and said, "I have never used steroids." Period. Four months later, got popped for PEDs. Yeah, you're right. I thought it was Clemens. Nah, it wasn't Clemens. Clemens, Clemens didn't say sh- him. McGuire didn't. Him and McGuire didn't say shit. Uh, Mike Piazza didn't really say anything. Pudge was like, I, "No speaking English." Yeah, like, it's so stupid. Like, bro, we've got you on Sammy tapes. Sosa didn't. Sammy Sosa didn't say nothing. Sammy Sosa literally changed race. He turned white right after that. Man, he, he had like, Villalago. Leave him alone. No, he bleached his skin because he wanted to bleach his skin. Yeah, that mean he had nothing. He just knows. You know what I'm saying? Mm. I can get if I can get away with that, I can get away with bleaching my skin. It's crazy. I mean, it's just super dangerous. Yeah, but in all seriousness, not, not unless your name's Michael Jackson. <laughs> Michael Jackson's an alien, remember? 
Him and no, Elvis. No, no, that was Elvis Presley. Elvis Presley's the alien. Him and Elvis are aliens. Yeah. He could be Agent M. But anyway. Um, but no, on some real shit though, yeah, Pete Rose definitely deserves to be in the Hall of Fame. I mean, just the I I'm not even gonna say one of. Like he is the greatest hitter in Major League Baseball. Like y'all can talk shit about him all you want, you know. I don't know about the I greatest mean, hitter. I mean, you got Ty Cobb, you got Hank Aaron, Derek Jeter, uh, fucking Willie Mays, Eddie Murray. Like, I mean, yeah, there's a whole bunch there. But I mean, when you when you have four thousand two hundred fifty six hits, when you're averaging three point uh, three oh five lifetime, like that puts you in a very elite class. Oh, you know for what I mean? sure. Definitely the most, definitely the best contact. Can I say? Can we say the best contact hitter of all time? Ichiro. No, because Ichiro's Ichiro only only hit three thousand eighty nine, and his batting average is only three eleven. Oh wait, yeah. Let me scroll through here. Yo, isn't his higher than Pete's? <laughs> his average was higher, but his hits was less. What to do this, bruh? <laughs> How dare you? That your boy you, leave Sammy that co- Sosa. you leave that confused man alone. <laughs> Who? Sammy Sosa. <laughs> <laughs> Over here looking like an extra Miami Vice. Oh my god. <laughs> wait, wait, did you send a picture or something? Yes, yeah, yeah, look in the group chat. Hold on, hold on. My computer's on hold on a second. Let me hold on. Your computer can definitely do this. But I know I, I I didn't have Facebook up. I had a oh, let me look at this real quick. What the fuck? <laughs> oh, Sammy Sosa. That's your boy, Sammy Sosa. Yeah, Sammy Sosa. That's, that's, yeah, that's Sammy, Sammy Sosa, Sosa in 2012. That, that thick neck. Motherfucker look like Eddie Munster in 2023. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> Damn, Eddie Munster, what happened to you? That boy got that neck. <laughs> Did Sammy Sosa die? No, uh, he's still, no, he's he's still, still alive. alive. He's still alive. Yeah. No, he was just really sick, and that's when people started noticing that he started turning white. Hmm. It's still weird to me. Like, why bleach your skin? I don't know. But yeah. uh, I think that uh, I, I, was I think that say, for a scandal sewer tonight. <laughs> well, it, real quick, you're talking about semi Sosa skin bleaching. So it says in 2009, Sosa appeared at a music awards show looking much lighter in complexion than he had just months earlier the buzz around this drastic change prompted him to go on a Spanish language television station to deny that he was ill or that he hated being dark skinned or that his new skin tone was the result of steroid use Sosa explained that he uses a bleaching cream before going to bed that softens and lightens his skin I don't even know if steroids could lighten your skin I, I don't know the side effect that's that Balco, man. I guess. I guess so. I, like, I didn't know that was legal. Like, <laughs> he, right. he'd know more than I would about steroids, so. Right. All right. Well, that being said, I think we had a little bit more fun tonight than we should have. All right. <laughs> that being said, though, um, yeah, thank you guys for tuning in this episode of Something About Sports. Uh Man, we got a lot of cool things. We got 10 more crazy, insane scandals to talk about. 
um, and we're gonna veer off in the mini side quest during this uh, during these episodes. Um, but we got a couple of good ones lined up. The next five are gonna be pretty good. What are you laughing about? You'll see in a second. Keep oh going. dear, no! Wait, change the the group. Fo- what what the hell did you change the group photo to? Hold on. You this motherfucker. You gotta look at it on your phone. No, you didn't. No, you didn't. This motherfucker just changed our group chat photo to the same as the picture. Good lord. Oh god. Uh, what the fuck is wrong with you? Picture dude, oh. dude, y'all put that as your profile picture. I love, and I look, every time I look at this picture, <laughs> I can literally only see just some extra the background of Miami Vice. <laughs> and this is why I love you guys. And not even, and not even the not even the Jamie Foxx, Colin Farrell one, the old one back in the day. What it's about Fu- what about Fuji Vice? Can we do Fuji Vice? Is that is that okay? <laughs> you gotta look like Don Morocco anyway, right? This is the man that you see in like the old Al Pacino gangster movies that's like doing coke off a spoon. (laughs) He looks like a he looks like Manny's stunt double. (laughs) (laughs) Another quite little shalom in the morning and the right front. Or like one of the guys that uh, he walks in on Carlito's way and shoots up in the club. <laughs> he was like, hey, Sammy, you want a job? Okay, you come by and see me in the morning. That piece of shit, I never like him. I never trust him. And Sammy's like, oh, no, 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 senor, no, I'm learning English. <laughs> it's like, Sammy, we don't see your interviews. Like, how are you lying on the, you line up the rip. <laughs> Oh, he needs a translator. The fuck he does. I would have I walked out. If I was the other lawyer on the other side, like, oh, oh, you don't, you don't speak English now, huh? All right. Exhibit A, 105 interviews on done in English. I'm blacking out. I'm blacking out. Hold on. He said he blacking out. God. No, 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 no. You that, no, you got that wrong. Simi Sosa whited out. Yeah. Hey, what are talking about? <laughs> I didn't know Sammy Sosa was sponsored by Whiteout. Oh, we are getting canceled off the Sammy Sosa jokes? I don't think we're getting canceled for Sammy Sosa jokes. Who out here who out here defending the honor of Sammy Sosa? There's some Chicago Cubs, man. Oh god. Okay. Oh, shut the fuck up. Uh, all right. All right. Thank you guys for tuning into this. Oh god, I can't fuck with y'all right now. All right, thank you guys for tuning in. <laughs> you can't even get it out. You can't even get it out. Oh. Anything y'all want to say before we get out of here tonight? As always, check out movementradio.us. That is your one-stop shop for all things movement radio. Can we get a Sammy Sosa shirt? <laughs> And underneath they put Miami Vice. So they just got used to shit at everybody. (laughs) (laughs) 
bro, bro, we just got to get a pitch that that picture of Sammy Sosa and put it on the front of his shirt and say, and then under it say sponsored by White Out. <laughs> it softens the skin. <laughs> All right. Anything you want to say, Raj? <laughs> I think I've said enough. <laughs> okay. All right. Oh, oh okay. <coughs> to all of our sponsors <laughs> shout out to sean thompson at thompson personal training jerry and jennifer over at the chronic conversations podcast andrew and sean at the warrior workout network ivan montanez twitch.tv slash unleash demon uh all our friends over at, at these ninjas podcast and our good buddy sean miller with should i watch that thank you guys so much for the <laughs> oh god in heaven thank you guys so much for tuning in to uh, this episode uh, we should be close to 24,000 downloads. Uh, just to let y'all know, I do not have the headphones on my head right now because if I hear them snickering, I'm going to go off again. I don't really need to laugh at this point. Um, oh, God. Okay. <clears throat> Sorry. All right. That being said, thank you guys so much. We love you guys. We appreciate you guys. Thank you for tuning into this episode of Something About Sports. We'll see you right back here next week with another edition. Chip, let's hit him with the outro. Please do not leave without leaving a like, comment, share, and subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform. Follow us on all of our social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. Check out the YouTube channel, subscribe, click that bell to get notified of our latest videos, and check out movementradio.us. I am Chip Hazard. I'm Talon Williams. <laughs> Roger Sear. <laughs> and this is Movement Radio. God's plan. <laughs>